0: The portion of God's Word that we'll focus our attention on for a few moments this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, that is, the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and two other disciples were together. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple, whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, "'It is the Lord!' As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, "'It is the Lord,' he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards." When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, "Bring some of the fish you have just caught." Simon Peter said, Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, one hundred and fifty-three, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, "Come and have breakfast." None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our risen Redeemer. Amen. Many of you know that I like to fish, but you might not know I did not grow up in a fishing family. My my dad. Didn't fish. My grandpa didn't fish. We we didn't fish when I was a kid. It wasn't until I was older and met my wife's family that I started getting into fishing, and and I enjoy it a lot. But fishing is hard. It's real hard. You could get a little container of worms and some plain hooks, and and take some kids out near the lily pads in just about any body of water, and you can find some bluegills easy enough. But if you want to go out on a bigger body of water and find the fish that are down deep, that's a challenge and you'd be better off with some knowledge. Going out onto a body of water with no knowledge, no maps, no electronics, no idea what the bottom looks like, no idea how deep it is, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. <clears throat> we don't know the, the, the background of the disciples other than many of them were fishermen. We don't know where they got their knowledge, but we can assume safely they had some knowledge. This body of water, the Sea of Galilee that Peter says I'm going to go fish on and the disciples join him on, that was their home turf. That's where they went fishing. That was the place where they earned their living. They, they knew this lake. They knew their, their best chances to catch fish were during certain times of day in certain areas. And yet, as you know, even with knowledge, you, you don't always catch them. There is some amazing technology out there today. Thousands and thousands of dollars can buy you big screens that sit on your boat and give you incredible detail, remarkable detail of the bottom. You could actually see fish moving on some of this new equipment now. You can have incredible knowledge of the body of water you're fishing now more than ever before. And yet, just because you have a fish finder, just because you find fish, doesn't mean you're going to catch them. You still have to catch the fish. And we see an example of that today. As the disciples go out, they fish all night. They had knowledge. They they knew where to go. They they knew what to try. And yet they still catch nothing. Next morning, the the sun is coming up after a a long night of fishing. And off on the shore, they they see a man. They, They can't really tell who it is. And he yells out to them, this, this kind of neat phrase. He uses a word that's, it's usually a word for children, but it, it's kind of like he's saying, hey boys, haven't you caught anything yet? And of course they shout back, no. And he says, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. There you will find he doesn't say, hey, I've been fishing this body of water for years and just to the right of where you guys are right now, I've caught a lot of fish there. I bet if you try just to the right of the boat, you'll probably run into some. That's a good spot. He doesn't say, come to shore. I have a better net than the one you're using. The, 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 the string that makes up my net is much finer The fish don't see it as easily. If you come and use my net, you have a better chance of catching fish. No, he says, throw your net to the right of the boat. There you will find. And they do. Pull up on that net and it's so heavy. There's so many fish fighting back, they can't get it in the boat. You got to understand where these disciples were emotionally. Three years is not that long, right? I mean, when you're little, three years is a long time. When you're in in third grade, your kindergarten days, they seem like a pretty long time ago. But when you're in your 30s, three years earlier doesn't seem like that long ago. And I can only imagine, as you get older, three years doesn't seem like that much time. It had only been three years. Three years before this, they were just ordinary guys going about their lives. Peter, James, they were just fishermen. They would get up and go fishing. Some days they'd catch them, some days they wouldn't. They'd go home, do it all over again the next day. It wasn't that long ago. They were just ordinary guys going about their lives, earning a living, Supporting their families. But then Peter's brother Andrew started following this guy named John who was baptizing people and telling them to repent of their sins because the kingdom of God was near. And one day when Andrew was with John the Baptist, John pointed at a man and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God. Lambs were placed on the altar. That place where God taught his people how sins would be forgiven. Lambs were what were sacrificed. Look, the the lamb, the Passover lamb, the lamb of God, the one who is going to hang on the altar of the cross and die for the sins of the world. Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so what does Andrew do? He starts following the lamb of God. And he goes and he tells his brother Peter, we found the Messiah. We found the promised anointed one, the king of Israel, the one that God promised to establish the kingdom of God. John was saying the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of God is near. It's here. We found the Messiah. And so Peter starts to follow too. And that was just three years ago. For three years, they follow Jesus around. They see incredible things, things only God could do. They hear him teach day after day after day. And then a matter of weeks earlier, two and a half weeks maybe, three weeks earlier, everything comes crashing down. They're riding into Jerusalem, this great parade, everybody's celebrating, handful of days later he's dead. What are they supposed to do? Just go back to their previous way of life and act like it never happened. Go back to fishing. Go back to supporting their family. Just pretend like the previous three years were a a dream. Go on with life. And as they're processing this, just a few days later, Sunday, one week after the parade, Jesus appears to them. Not dead, but alive. One week later, Jesus appears to them again. Not dead, but alive. This time all the disciples are there. And now after that, that's when our text begins. Sometime shortly after that, within the 40-day window that Jesus was alive before he ascended into heaven, Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. (laughs) Can you you blame him? They've been through a lot in the last three years and even more in the last two, three weeks. And he's just going to go back to his roots, just... Go fish for a while. It doesn't really matter if he catches some or doesn't catch some. He's just going to go float in the boat for a while and catch some fish. And I I, I envision in my mind what this must have looked like early in the morning hours as Jesus is on the shore calling out to these guys. I imagine by then they'd all but given up on catching anything. They're just lounging in the boat. The waves are lapping up on the side of it. Jesus isn't done. He gives them this incredible catch, this miraculous catch. 153 large fish. Certainly worth some money. They weren't going to eat all those, right? Those were going to get sold at market. Those were going to put some coins in their coin purse. And then he feeds them. He's got a little campfire going. He's cooking some bread, some some toast and some fish. Come have some breakfast. This is our God. This is what he does. He provides. He provides everything. Everything. The Lamb of God who hung on the altar of the cross to provide full and free forgiveness for every single sin of every single human. The I am God Not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The God who is always our God and will always be our God raises his dead son back to life. Showing us that he will always be our God because death is definitely not the end. He provides the forgiveness of sins. He he relieves us from our fear of, of death and hell. And then he provides his disciples with a little income, a little money, He fills their empty bellies after a long night's work. This is our God. He provides us with everything we need spiritually and everything we need physically, too. He gives us our daily bread, everything we need for body and life. All the skills that God has given to you, the the abilities, be they mental, be they physical, the abilities that God has given you to earn an income, God has given to you. He has given you the ability to work with your hands or to work with your mind or to work with your back and your legs. He's given you the ability to earn an income. He's provided you every single day of your life. Everything you need for body and life, God has provided for you. Food on the table, food in the pantry, a roof over your head, clothes to wear. Your God provides everything You need. This week in our vacation Bible school, we focused on these fire themed biblical accounts. We learned that that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He will always be our God, now and forever. We learned about the altar and the picture of God saving his people with an innocent sacrifice. We saw that as long as God wants us alive on this earth, nothing, no one can end our life. God will continue to provide for us body and soul forever and ever. Then Jesus with a little campfire on the shore, the one who had already died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, who had defeated death forever, providing his disciples with some income and a meal our risen fish finder, the God who always provides everything. Amen.